lovers, welcome to the 12th episode of the Movie Lovers Podcast, official podcast of FilmsWeWatch.com. On today's episode, Catherine, myself, and Randall Unger from the Movie Network discuss Jermaine Clement's What We Do in the Shadows. Special thanks to SoundOnSite.org, Grove3.com, theme music by Logan Olberg, and podcast assistant Teresa Quinones. Now on with the show. Wake up, everyone! A wakey, wakey! We're gonna have a little flat meeting in the kitchen. Okay. When you get the four vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of tension. We'll do my dishes! One of the unfortunate things about not having a reflection is you don't know exactly what you look like. I go for a look which I call dead but delicious. Hello, ladies. Vladislav used to be extremely powerful. He would kill anybody, burning everything. It's totally great. This is my torture chamber. Great orgies. 20, 30 women. He could hypnotize crowds of people. See me. See me. Hi, my name is Nick. I've been a vampire for two months. The neighbors can see you flying around. You want to draw attention to this house, hmm? You've got a whole documentary crew following you around. I came to this country for love. Some people freak out a bit about the age difference. They think, what's this 96-year-old lady doing with a guy four times her age? They can call me Cradle Snatcher. Who cares? Ooh, well, werewolves. Why don't you go smell your own crotches, huh? Oh, bitch. Go yeah. square. What are we? Werewolves, werewolves not swimmers. Take it. This is a private secret society, mate. You don't go bringing your bloody cameras into everything. You will not eat the camera mate. guy. Maybe I'm one camera guy. I'm here. We're just responding to reports of a rather large amount of shrieking. It smells a bit weird in here too. What do you call that? Barbecue. All right, all right. So let's get started. Um, yes. So let's start off with uh, what we do in the shadows. All right. Uh, let's start off with you, Randall. Uh, what were your original thoughts going in, and were those expectations held going out? Well, I went in thinking it would be kind of a corny send-up, you know, just nothing really new, um, you know, maybe, kind of like, a, I thought it would be like a parody, really, of like Twilight, and I was on the fence about that, like, because I'm not a huge Twilight fan, and I don't want to really see a movie that makes fun of Twilight, but um, from what I, you know, I went in kind of on the fence, but then I, I read some reviews, honestly, and they were all positive. So then I kind of felt better about it. Then I went in. I thought it was hysterical. Uh, very funny. I left with a smile on my face. Um, 
And, you know, it was just one of the better, scratch that, one of the best comedies of 2014. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I didn't think uh, it was a parody of The Twilight. I, I kind of yeah. knew going in that it was sort of uh, just a general parody of uh, vampire movies, but I didn't know to what extent. And that was in the back of my mind a little bit that, you know, there are these teenager type of uh, Twilight type of movies that I'm sure is going to be making fun of a little bit, but... I did see the trailer, and I was really curious as to um, how they were going to present uh, all these vampire cliches, and mm. I think that they did a, a really, really good job. I was hysterically laughing, so I agree with you. It was definitely um, one of the, the best comedies of, of 2014, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. What I, 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 you know, I definitely see this gaining sort of maybe a cult following, even, mm. and becoming like you know, a staple for Halloween parties to just play this movie, laugh your ass off, um, or even, you know, just, you know, have the Nighthawk Cinema in, in uh, Brooklyn, they have midnight screenings, so I definitely see this uh, as part of their program, so, yeah, really good. Yeah, I was, uh, I was shocked that this didn't really have a lot of, uh, much of a following going in, like, yeah. I would think that being a comedy, it's definitely, after watching it, it definitely had a broad appeal, um, mm -hmm. but I, I figured there would be a lot more uh, press and publicity going in, but I guess yeah. not. Yeah, because it, it, it took a while for it to even go to our local theater up here. Um, it mm -hmm. was already playing uh, with streaming for a while, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it kind of just lost... Um, traction for a little bit and then all of a sudden it popped up so you're like oh we got we got to see it mm -hmm. but uh kath what did you think oh, i love this film yeah yeah and i agree with you um because i i haven't heard anything i haven't heard much about this film at all until you mentioned it to me mm -hmm. about seeing it in a theater um but i couldn't stop laughing mm -hmm. and what's um funny is that um i'm, I'm not really into british humor um and i just New Zealand. Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. Yeah. Okay, so maybe yeah. that's why I enjoyed it. <laughs> so, okay, so thank you for crying. I think you're, you're absolutely right, because um, um, I, I I never really did enjoy British, uh, British humor much, um, just uh, the sarcasm involved in it and, and whatnot, but I, I just found this film hilarious, and um, I thought it was very unique and entertaining, especially with um, having the vampires and... Uh, um, just, just I guess in their point of view, how they're struggling with uh, today's times and with technology and whatnot. And I thought that in itself was just, um, just so funny. Um, yeah. And something I think we can at one point relate to. Yeah. Um, so it's probably why it's so funny. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's basically like it's a mockumentary, which is great. Right. It's so I, you know I guess you can call it The Office with Fangs or something. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, that style just it always, almost always works, mm. and, and with such funny uh, you know actors in it, and I think most of them, if not all, are like you know well-known comedians. You know, I believe they're uh, they're all part of the uh, uh, Fly of the Concords, right? Um, and it, it's funny, Kathy was mentioning British humor, and it even though it wasn't British, it did have this 
feeling of like a Monty Python type of movie. It's just you had this big clique of friends. Just mm-hmm. it felt like they were just getting together and just making something funny. It wasn't a long movie. It was uh, what ninety minutes or so. It was I'm on the Wikipedia page eighty five minutes. Eighty five minutes. So yeah. it, it went by fast. It like it, it went yeah. by fast, and but I felt like you know it didn't really feel like it. It was too long or too short. It really felt comfortable. Like yeah. I could have easily watched it again after it was finished. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How, how did you like the the spin of the different vampires and the vampires versus werewolves type of connection to the mythologies? Well, I, lo- I love that each of the vampires had their own you know style and personality, mm-hmm. and you know how they're like kind of struggling with modern day life. Mm-hmm. Um, modern day times i love the um the nosferatu mm. looking vampire who's like four thousand years old yeah. <laughs> he's the, the only vampire who, who you know who doesn't look who doesn't resemble the others was like, like a, you know like a human humanoid i guess yeah um but like yeah i love they each you know their personalities definitely clashed and meshed very well mm-hmm. so it was yeah the chemistry between all of them was was really great and that's what i think was at the core of this movie was the relationships and the characters mm-hmm. and i think each of the actors did a brilliant job oh yeah absolutely it was definitely an actor character driven movie yeah um yeah it just it, it definitely felt like it was grounded in in a world that we can definitely believe in Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like the fact that they're struggling in the flat and they're, you know, it's an issue about kind of handling your roommate a little bit. That was kind of humor. Doing chores, like Doing washing chores dishes, and washing dishes, right. not getting blood on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's something that we can all relate to. And I think that's reminiscent of college. Right, right, exactly. And, and you're right. It definitely does have like an office feel to it. Just, you know, with things set to a vampire type of theme and i love you know it's like okay 6 p.m time to wake up (laughs) you're right it's great (laughs) yeah i think he was my favorite uh character uh viego viego yeah yeah is that the the guy who is he the the main one who introduces everybody yeah Mm -hmm. he's kind of like the uh the clean vampire the cleaner (laughs) of them all the the one that uh um sets the rules of the flat and Mm -hmm. um I find that, him entertaining. That I, actor, take type. I don't know how to pronounce Take a white TT. That's what it's. <laughs> He's also the director of the film. Yep. Oh, yep. Okay. With uh, with Jermaine Clement. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It, I I loved his character. He it was definitely one. <laughs> mm-hmm. When he pushed <laughs> up, I thought like, oh my, he's adorable. You know? Yeah, he's so cute. <laughs> he's, he's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the scene where um he makes such a big deal about um biting into his uh his victims and um once he he does it it's like he can't like he yeah. gets into an artery and it's just like all over the place right. and he looks so disappointed right. right and that's fine because there wasn't too many of those gags like uh like i wouldn't say physical but just like you would think that being a vampire movie you would see a lot more blood splattering right. than you do but i think they they cover the full gamut pretty nicely you know uh, you don't want to have too much blood or be overly like you know, obvious, you know, the, the humor. So I think that the humor 
in this movie was really subtle and, and funny. I mean, it was just really strong humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to, like, to like, classify it, you know? Like, I haven't really seen a movie like this. Right. But the Office is really the only other type of, you know, piece of, you know, TV or, or film that, that delves into this, this style. It's just, like, it's so good. Right. Now, do you think... Um mockumentaries are kind of overdone at this point or do you think something like this is a big breath of fresh air this is definitely a big breath of fresh air and i think they should do more movies like this because Mm -hmm. you know this like i said this is a very you could pretty much do this with any type of subject or setting Mm -hmm. and it could be funny you know it's like i guess it's self-referential humor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if you if you know how ridiculous it is and you comment on that and you know and you have some really intelligent writers behind it you can really have a winner i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and being a, uh, a mockumentary i always uh find it interesting how uh, the camera angles will play off because mm-hmm. it could definitely get stale very fast and i thought they did mm-hmm. some pretty unique things particularly with the the werewolf scene when oh, the yeah. werewolves came mm-hmm. and uh they were actually turning into the humans or the human versions were turning into werewolves you saw the camera drop and uh, it almost had like a a clay animation type of effect when they were kind of growing out of their limbs and kind of stomping all over the face all over the place it was it was very unique i liked it yeah yeah they would like drop the camera to the side it would be you know like a shaky cam Mm-hmm. And then you would see them sort of, you would like have a glimpse of them transforming mm-hmm. and then cut to the vampires and then they would be, you know, on the ground or whatever. It was that, yeah, very, very, very good um, filmmaking style. Um, yeah, I, I think at, at one point with, with that whole uh, werewolf, were, werewolf scene, um, it, it kind of reminded me of the uh, Blair Witch product, Project mm-hmm, where... Yeah. Um, the camera guy was like running with the camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a callback to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, any any criticisms with the film that you can think of? Um, yeah, that's a great question, and you know, I'm I'm pausing because I can't really think of any. Um, I don't know. I think maybe it could have been longer. Yeah. They could have had a few more. You know, they could have thrown in a few more jokes. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the scenes where they go into town and try to get into the bars. Yeah. If they, like, did more stuff like that, like, you know, like, I mean... I don't know. Fun. I, I th- think that, that they could have expanded that. I don't know. I don't know. I think yeah. it was just enough. I think yeah. if it was a little bit too long, then it would have it would have gone to the point where, for me, it would be just a little bit bore- boring just mm-hmm. to kind of, like, mm-hmm. we get the point that, you know... They can't mm-hmm. really get into the bars mm-hmm. unless they're invited in and they're trying to be cool, and mm-hmm. obviously they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess I guess I agree. I think it's it's just just enough, but I mean I I love that type of humor, you know. So like I could see it wanting to go on. If I'm laughing so much, then I I kind of want the laughs to keep rolling, you know. That's that's yeah. the humor. That's what I don't get. I I, ju- I just need a little bit of it, you know, bit, just yeah. a little before bit it before it gets annoying yeah. for me. Yeah. But I think they should, like, I mean, I know they can't go out in the daylight, but if, right. you know, maybe, maybe, like, go to, like, a 7-Eleven right. or go to the mall. Like, you know, they could have, that could have been another maybe 15 minutes of really right. good material. Right. I, right. And it's, it's funny, like, we're really 
trying to nitpick it, and it kind of reminds me of these parodies of, like, Not Another Teen Movie, or, like, uh, like that whole franchise of Not Another, and I'm sure they have a, a mm. vampire version, I didn't check into it, but they just made a Fast and Furious parody. Oh, and God. If you, if, you look, <laughs> if you look at those movies there, they really uh, try to focus their humor on the obvious joke, or the, the obvious thing that, that makes that type of movie click. Whereas this, I really thought that they did a really nice job in trying to bring out details that you might not have thought of with a vampire movie, like mm-hmm. like the invitation. Like I totally forgot that that was uh, part of like the the vampire culture. Like you have to be invited to get in. And the fact yeah. that they were playing around with that, even with the nightclubs, uh, mm-hmm. was really funny. It was really funny until they found an owner that let vampires in. You know, like it was it was really good. I thought. Those little nuances really made the the movie special. And another thing about vampire culture or whatever, uh, I didn't really know that they had um, human servants. Yeah, yeah, I didn't exactly. know the thing really. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't know that either. I, I'm not sure if it was fabricated for the film, but mm. how about Blade? Know? Oh, I, in all honesty, I never got oh into God. Blade. No. Blade um, um, Trinity. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, with uh, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds was his supporting role. Yeah, yeah. It, oh. There was also about you know um, vampires having um, humans as slaves, so they they can huh. do their their daylight work for them. Yeah, um, and I, I thought that was interesting that the that the slaves, the servants rather, they they really wanted to become vampires. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you had the 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 female actress that you know was kind of fed up by doing <laughs> chores, and then you had. Um, what was it, Viego, who called his uh, his uh, servant on Skype, and uh, he was like nine years old, and he's like, why haven't you turned, you should have turned me into a vampire, you know, now yeah. I'm old. <laughs> you know, just like, little things like that, like, you, I think just really made the movie special. They could have done the obvious joke, where they were just biting everyone, and we could have had a lot of blood splatter, but they chose not to, and they really went for you know, like the little things, which I thought was nice. Mm-hmm. Very smart humor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when you said before, it's refreshing. Right, right. right. Well, it is unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope I hope it really does uh, gain a cult fo- following. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. Like you know, Shaun of the Dead became very popular after right. the place. Right. Do you do you feel any similarities between this and Shaun of the Dead? I guess that mm. it's probably one of the more recent comparisons. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Shaun of the Dead wasn't really like a parody. It wasn't a mockumentary at all. Right. But, right. You know, it, it did poke fun at the genre of zombie films, mm-hmm. and so does this. But I, it's they're very different movies. Mm-hmm. They're they're just you know in the basic. Simplest terms, they're both just really funny horror comedies. Right, right. And, you know, they really, you know, warrant repeat viewings, preferably on, you know, a, a, a weekend night mm-hmm. with your friends or Halloween, something like that. Mm-hmm. They're just that good. And, yeah, I'm really happy that what we do in the shadows came out. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to really nitpick anything from this movie. I really can't... I can't There's nothing really bad about it. No. No, it's it's definitely one of those type of movies where you either get it or you don't. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's either you're on one side of the fence or the other. Right. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, you, Kathy, like, you don't really like too much corny humor. 
like this, but it, I guess you you really fall into the category that loves this film. So I think it has a a broad appeal to it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree, and I and I think it's because of of the characters of of the different characters, the vampire characters, and mm-hmm. I think you can relate to that more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just it's, it was funny. It's like mm-hmm. I I can't even describe it. I I, I find nothing um, nothing to say negative about this film. Mm. I, I love the the character of Stu. We all know someone that's like, like that. That's just like he's a good friend, he's there, you know, he may not talk a lot, but he's a cool guy, you know. Yeah. He's just he doesn't do much, just but he does a lot too, like they show him oh, doing karate. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, and he he introduces them to the internet and right, um, right. <laughs> I, like I like that the I google like, thing right. i like when he uh he goes to the party and uh he explains what he does and like everyone's just like <laughs> baffled and they just look at him and it's like oh like like he's a virgin uh, <laughs> you know or like oh he's, he's human yeah yeah you know it's, that was funny that was funny who, yeah who's the actress who played the beast um jermaine clement's girl ex-girlfriend uh, i'm I'm on there right now. I'm on IMDb right now. Um, she looks. She It wasn't uh, Helena Bonham Carter, but she looked. She reminded me of her. Uh, Al- Alina uh, Steko. Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce that it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. She did uh, the locals from 2003. Rain from 2001. Uh, nothing huge. Okay. But, yeah, I'm on IMDb too. She yeah. doesn't seem to have been much. But that was interesting too. Like I was expecting, <laughs> you know, like this this big boss level type of you know show off, but it turned out yeah. to be a guy and his ex girlfriend. You know, which <laughs> makes it totally grounded and relatable to you know just a human. Uh, just a human aspect. I think it just grounds the film a lot. Agree yeah. that, that connection to the real like, world. Yeah, yeah, definite yeah. high point. Yeah, definite strength of the movie was how relatable each of these vampires were. Yeah, you know, because they did like you said, yeah, you you can imagine having a friend like Stu or a, any of them. Right, that. that's and true. Their house was a fr- basically a frat house. Right, right, or a, a dorm room rather. Right, so. Right. Yeah, so like, yeah, you can kind of say like the office meets Animal House <laughs> meets Fangs. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that has Fangs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think my uh, the film that I, I most love about the scene that I most most love about this film is uh, the shame scene um, when you're ex- <laughs> you're expecting that they were going to punish. I uh, forget his name. The vampire. The other vampire. Um, the, the new for vampire? Leading, yeah, for mm-hmm. exposing themselves to a, a vampire hunter. Um, and then mm. they all decided on, on this terrible punishment of shaming him. Mm. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. It was just them pointing fingers mm-hmm. in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. Uh, any other comments about the film before we move on to our retrospective? I just hope this movie gets you know, more and more attention because it certainly deserves it. Uh, I agree. You know, 10 years have passed since Shaun of the Dead, so 
I think it's way past time that we get a, a fun, quirky horror comedy. Like yeah. you don't hear the term horror comedy enough. Right. And and this movie definitely has everything, all the ingredients of that. Yeah, I I, I do think that it's, it's it may be a little difficult because I was talking to my friend about this film and I was trying to call her, you know to try to convince her to see this film with us and she was not interested at all because she had that that. Um, she thought it was more like the Twilight films, like another silly teen mm. vampire yep. film. Um, so I think when someone, you know, hears that it's a vampire film and they really don't have any mm. background as to the film, that it kind of, you know, deters them from actually giving it a shot. And it's it's hard to say, well, like, oh, the, the trailer pointed you into the wrong direction, like a lot of trailers do. But, mm. like, there was, there was nothing. Like, there was really no about it so like she wouldn't even seen the trailer like she would see nothing yeah yeah you're, you're you're right about the twilight uh thing people will definitely immediately write this movie off as a twilight parody and that's a real shame because it's like so far not mm. a twilight parody mm. so if i i just wish there the marketing team right. did a better job at you know promoting it and getting the word out that it's not twilight that it's mm. not a twilight spoof then, you know, it would have been a lot better. I think through home video, though, and Netflix, if it's on Netflix or, you know, video on demand or whatever, it'll gain the cult following it really deserves. Yeah, yeah, hope so, too. What's, uh, not to veer off topic, but what's your feelings on, on trailers and, and marketing in general for oh. films? Do you, like, do, you, do you like to know a lot about films prior to going to them, or do you, mm. do you try to, like, close your, your ears and eyes before, um, the, when the trailers come up, um, before... Yeah, you know, when it comes to movies, like, okay, when I was, okay, look, 10 years ago, and maybe 15 years ago, when I was, like, you know, like a kid, I wasn't really reviewing movies at all, mm -hmm. I would wait for the trailers, I would look forward to trailers, mm -hmm. and I would go online and just look up trailers, mm -hmm. um, now, I just... I like to go in fresh. I like to not know as much as possible mm -hmm. and thus making me, you know, prepared for the unexpected. Right. Um, I think yeah. the, the best feeling is being surprised about a movie that you had absolutely nothing, that you haven't, didn't know anything about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it was like that with, um, for me with, um, with Whiplash. Exactly. I was I'll just going to say that. I was, <laughs> I was just going to say that. And that's what, that's the great thing about film festivals. Like, going in, I didn't know what Whiplash was. Like, I didn't hear anything about it at that point. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, oh, J.K. Simmons, I know him. You know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm like oh, oh, and I'm like, oh my God, this is great. You know, it's like that with a lot of films, especially with, uh, I find with Tribeca, uh, they, they usually pull in a lot of films that going in, you, you may not know anything about, but going out, even whether you like it or not, it, you, yes. you're left with something to grab onto. Basically, it's that I don't even really watch trailers unless it's like something I'm really excited for, right. like um, like Jurassic World. Right. Which I mean, okay, I'm not super excited because Spielberg's not directing, but I'm still mm -hmm. excited because it's a Jurassic Park movie. Right. But um, when it comes to uh, films, upcoming films, I try to stay away from watching the trailer. Right. Um, you know, basically, I need to know just two things, the director and the stars. Right. 
and if I know who's in it, who's directing, then that's all I need. I'm just going to go and see it. I don't need any, you know, preparation in in form, you know, in the form of a two minute trailer because I think that'll just kill the buzz, kill you know the excitement, and I don't want that. I don't. I don't think any movie viewer would want that. But that's. I mean, that's the way that that they sell tickets. So it's it's a paradox. I, I think. Yeah. Well. I think um, for an average viewer, someone like myself, that um, I really don't go to film festivals. I, I'm not so entwined in, in the world of film like you guys are. I think um, trailers are important because I'm not going to spend, you know, $12 on a movie that I haven't heard of. I, I look forward to watching trailers, and sometimes I find that... Um, it, it, it could be a disappointment because I think trailers, you, you watch a trailer and based on, on how they made the trailer, um, you can then watch the film and it can be something completely different than you mm. thought it would be based on the trailer. Or the trailer would maybe reveal too much that when you watch the film, you leave mm. there disappointed because, well, I knew this was mm -hmm. going to happen already because the trailer already revealed so much. Mm. Um, right. I like being surprised and I think that's why I, I enjoy the films that I do watch and I think it's because of Chris because he does watch these films and he would recommend me um, watching films like Whiplash. You, I knew nothing about Whiplash. Like you took me to the theater. You told me, Catherine, you're gonna love this film. You're gonna love it. And um, I went to the theater. I had no, I didn't know anything about this film. I didn't and, know what to expect. But wasn't that a great and it was just like incredible. Mm. And just yeah. coming out of that theater, um, just yeah. with that feeling, it's just like it's it's yeah. it's like great. And and I think it's just. It's it's just kind of sad that an average I think uh, a person won't be able to get that um, satisfaction as much as maybe you right. guys would. It's, it's 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 tough when you've already seen the movie and you can see that the marketing or the trailer was really off. Like something like this, yeah. where like people would just base it off of a horror comedy. You know, and uh, well, I don't like Twilight, and I certainly don't like horror, so I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to stray away from this at all costs. Meanwhile, you know, they could have really enjoyed it if it was just better marketed. You know, and then it's even worse when a trailer is not. It, it doesn't uh, capture the film at all. You know, it yeah. just it just highlights a certain element or. It, it, fully prefabricates into something else. Yeah, like, um, what was that film that we saw over the weekend um, with Ben Stiller? Um, uh, while We Were Young. While We Were Young. And I like that. I, I didn't see it yet. Well, I mean, I, we'll, we talk, saw, we'll talk about we, it. Okay, just, okay. We saw the trailer for it, and, and I think this is a perfect example of maybe how what we were talking about, but I, we saw the, I, I think we saw it together, right? Mm -hmm. And the first impression I got was, wait a minute, they just revealed too much. Like, I know what this film is about already. Mm -hmm. And um, and granted, we saw it. It was exactly what I thought it would be. Right. Um, it's, it, I mean, I, I, yeah. I like the film, but, I mean, I have a lot of um, issues with it, which we'll get into yeah. depth next time. But um, yeah. I, I think the, the trailer version that I saw um, didn't do it justice. Right. Have you ever fell into that? Uh well, um, yeah. What's the question exactly? Like, uh, have you ever strayed away from a film uh, because the trailer portrayed it to be something, and then you finally watched it and you were pleasantly surprised and realized uh, that it was not what the trailer 
intended it to be, or vice versa, where it was the trailer made it out to be something great, and you watched it, and it turned out to be something different and something that you wouldn't normally go to see. Yeah, um, like I said, when I was younger, I would like pretty much be almost be obsessed with trailers. Like um, I think Spider Man Two in two thousand four, the Tobey Maguire one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was super excited for this movie and then I saw the trailer and it was insanely good it was edited exceptionally well you know the the music was great in it it was epic mm-hmm. and when I saw it you know when I finally saw the movie I, it was good I wasn't impressed mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean the trailer was ten times better than the actual movie mm-hmm. and that was really really disappointing and I think that's the case with a lot of movies like yeah. Um, like you said before, that Catherine, that they, you know, they give away too much um, in t- in the span of two minutes. They pretty much tell a two-hour story, right. and it's really sad that that happens. And for I, that reason, I, that's why I I try not to watch trailers from movies that I'm looking forward to. Right, I felt that way. I I haven't watched a film, uh, but A Walk Among the Tombstones. Well, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it, so I can't contest mm-hmm. the movie. But I, I remember, <laughs> I remember watching the Love trailer. <laughs> I remember watching the trailer and feeling exhausted. I felt like they, <laughs> I, I felt like it went on and on and on, and I felt like it just revealed certain plot that would be integral to the climax or whatnot. And I was like, oh, like I, it kind of, I didn't want to watch the movie for that trailer because I just felt like it was just too much. I felt like I saw it right there, the whole movie and its trailer. And you pretty much did because it was, in my opinion, it was terrible. (laughs) It tried to be another take and, you know, that's what all Liam Neeson does these days. And it just, the story was just, it just dragged and it was not interesting and Liam Neeson didn't really kick in that much ass, and that was disappointing. So, yeah. but I think I think he said that he has two more years in him right. for these action films, and then he's gonna stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> I still well, love him. The thing though. is, he's a great actor. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> so he's he should he should continue. This popularity with Taken. I mean, I yeah. would do the same. Well, and that was a resurgence <laughs> to his career, and it definitely. You know, made him have him some security in his in his job. He, know, he needs to do a comedy. I know it probably seems unlikely, but he did. When, when dramatic actors do comedies, yeah. it's pretty much always a good thing. I mean, it's good for them. It's a change of pace. Yeah, it gets them out of the stereotype and I mean, the typecast rather. Yeah, he so. did. Uh, he he made a cameo in what is it, a million Do- ways to die in the West. Oh. Um, yeah, well, he played a villain. Yeah, um, and it was more like a parody of the Taken characters, right. almost. It's, it was more like right. a, a spoof on him being an action hero. And I and think I think he's actually coming uh, back for Ted 2, or not coming oh, back, really? but I think he's doing something with Seth MacFarlane. Mm. Is he... They're, they're making a Lego movie, too, right? Probably. Uh, probably. probably it was. Yeah. Uh, it was, <laughs> and a three and a four. <laughs> right, right. No, he'll, he'll probably be in. Was, who did he play? He played a cop in uh, the Lego movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm, sh- I'm sure. So that was kind of off. You know, not not your usual Neeson role. But. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would love to see him uh, play a real dramatic role. Uh, yeah. Like almost like when he did uh, Nell, or. Um, is Nell with Jodie Foster where she looks like she's like mute or something? Yeah, she's she's uh, 
uh, I'm not sure if she's just mute or if she's a deaf mute. Okay. But she uh, she lived in uh, the woods for it, it's almost like um, you know like uh, uh, someone who just uh, got raised by animals pretty much. Like she oh, yeah. kind of developed her own language and she was secluded for a long period of time and then um, right. then Leslie. Uh, not, um, Leslie Nielsen, I was going to say. <laughs> Liam Neeson uh, kind of finds her and kind of, you know, takes <laughs> kind of wants to, um, you know, kind of take her out of her, her world. But in right. fact, she kind of, you know, adapts him into her own world. It was great. It was, actually, it's, yeah? okay. it was one of those movies that growing up, like, it, it was like a blockbuster movie. Like, it was blockbuster yeah. night. The family came in and watching yeah. it. and. You know, it was, it was a good movie. I still remember. I mean, uh, the last time I saw it was when I was a kid, and I still have fun. That's suitable for kids. You were like what seven? Yeah, probably. Um, uh, I, I'm, I think I remember Jodie Foster's boob. <laughs> I think what? that's why. I, that's why I got out of it. No, uh, I guess I shouldn't talk because the first R-rated movie I saw was T2, and okay. I was six. So. Oh boy. But it was insane. It was great. Yeah, it was good. Definitely uh, leaves an impression. Yeah, and, yeah, certainly. Yeah, no, I, I was like that. Actually, the first, um, yeah, it was around that time period. The first, like, movie I kind of stuck in my head was Species. Oh, really? 95? Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. I remember I was traumatized and, <laughs> and uh, excited at the same time. murders them after he has sex with them. <laughs> Surprise! I'm in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Catherine, do you have any inappropriate uh, movies from your childhood? Um. Uh, crap. Yeah. Well, you grew up on action. I grew up on action because my father is like huge action buff. Yeah. Um, movie watcher guy. <laughs> um. So like, uh, there was this film. Um. It wasn't really inappropriate. I was like so innocent, um, <laughs> um, but I remember I forgot the film. Crap! But I remember when my father would like be at work. I would watch this like sex scene in this film over and over again until oh he God. came back. Was that revealing too much? <laughs> no, okay. yeah, I kind of want to know what. What movie is that? I, I don't know, but um, <laughs> don't say species. No, it was. <laughs> But you know, I, it's so funny because I think it, it. I think it was like um, it had something to do with our, our cable box or whatever. And I remember I left it um, on that channel <laughs> of that film, oh my and my father questioned it once. He was like, "Were you watching this movie?" I'm like, "No, Daddy, of course not." <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'll, I'll get back to you guys. Yeah. I'm gonna have to okay. really think about this. All right, so. So getting back on track, yes. <laughs> um, any other comments about inappropriate films growing up? <laughs> um, our retrospective on vampire comedies. Right? All right. Now, uh, so we watched, in preparation, we watched Once Bitten and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Great movies. Um, did you see anything besides that, Randall? Yes. Or, yeah? When I, when I got your email, I was racking my brain like oh no they've mentioned two very good vampire comedies yeah but they left out 1985's fright night okay fright night okay are you a fan chris i haven't i haven't seen the original but i saw the remake with okay. uh 
uh, uh, Colin Farrell. Very different, but with basically the same premise. You know, I didn't think I would like it. I didn't like. I, I didn't think I would like it because I'm not. I'm not huge into the vampire thing. But, okay. Um, Ditto. But. Um, I, I just didn't think I would like it because it's it's not original. It was just a remake, and usually remakes, yeah. even if you, have, you even had seen the original, sometimes they give the impression that it's like you know just second helpings type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, but I really really enjoyed the the remake. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. As did I. But I, I I really think you should check out the original. Yeah. Um, yeah. So was that a comedy uh, vampire film or? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. The yeah, I think the first they're they're si- both similar in tone. Um, the Colin Farrell version is the remake, right? And you know, it, it's a horror. It's basically a, a horror thriller, I guess maybe horror action, but it's right. it's got some some bits of humor in there to keep it to keep it you know kind of loose and fun, and so does the original, and okay. yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember I, I saw the, the Colin Farrell one, the 2011, yeah. and, and you're right, because um, it, 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 it didn't, I wouldn't say that that film would stick out like a comedy, vampire no. comedy film, but no. you're right, Randall, because there, there are, there, I remember now, I'm like, you know, thinking about it, um, yeah. there are scenes in that film where I remember I was laughing, because they just, you know, it, they mock, I think, the vampire, like Colin Farrell, I think, oh, um, yeah, he does yeah. something. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't, nothing funny kind of stands out um right no same yeah from the remake anyway but like i just thought it was um tastefully done (laughs) no no pun about tasting blood but like i just thought (laughs) i just just like yeah no no, it wasn't corny like that no but um i i just thought it was just well done i i i'm forgetting it's been a while since i saw it but uh i just remember just it kind of had this feeling where, like, you were in a development community, and, like, it was kind of like a pecking order where he was kind of going from house to house, and mm. I kind of like the uh, the dynamic of that a little bit. But I admit, I haven't watched that in a long time. But, um... So, it's a little dark, like, in tone. Right. It, it, it visually, it's, like, kind of white and gray and, mm-hmm. and, and red for blood. Mm-hmm. But the original is a little more colorful, Okay. And I think it's a, it's more entertaining and it's funnier. Okay. It's even it's even got um, Marcy Darcy from Married with Children. Okay. She's in it. It's like one of her only roles in in a, in a movie. Really. But um, yeah, compared to the remake, it's it's a little different. But it's different. Okay. Yeah, it, it, but it, it still pokes fun at the at the vampire genre. Yeah, and I kind of like that. I like when uh, remakes kind of. They don't try to copy the original, or they they don't try to press on a certain element of the original, but they try just try to make it different. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that, like um, yeah, honoring its legacy. Right, exactly, exactly, but still doing its own thing. Right, right. Yeah. That's a very difficult thing to pull right. off. Um, like, well, talking about trailers and new releases and stuff like that, it's mm-hmm. like almost like the Poltergeist that's coming out. Okay. Um, it's like kind of like that. Like a lot of people that uh, I talk about, it, I talk about this film about. They're like, "Do we really need another Poltergeist movie?" And right. we actually saw the trailer this weekend, and it looks great. You know, it, it's kind of like one of those things where, like, y- y- you say to yourself, "Well, 
if they were to make the Poltergeist today, it would look really cool because the special effects have advanced so much. So it mm-hmm. won't look as cheesy as if we were to just rewatch the the original Poltergeist. But at the same time, even while watching the trailer, it's like there's nothing new. You know, they're just telling mm-hmm. the same thing over. So why why do it again? You know. I mean, back to the whole thing with the trailer discussion. I I, I don't think they should showed. They, I mean, I think they might have some tricks up their sleeves. I mean, maybe they're just getting the audience's uh, appetites wet, mm-hmm. and then you know when they actually show the the main event, it might be they might. I think they might surprise us because yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, because the original Poltergeist at the time was pretty groundbreaking visually, right. uh, special effects wise. Right. And, I mean, maybe this trailer is, is just, you know, maybe it's just a reminder of the original. And, I don't know, it's it's hard to, they, they just want to attract an audience and they're just going with the original material, right. similar material from the first movie. And But you're saying that it should definitely give uh, Fright Night a look because it's so different yeah. and, yeah. Yeah, you, I think it's, it'll be really fun uh, for you to analyze both movies and compare and contrast because they're both they're both very good. But in my humble opinion, I think the '80s version is a lot better. Cool. cool. Yeah. Cool. And going on to uh, the next movies, um, mm-hmm. uh, was there anything else that you saw that we didn't see? Oh, um, as far as vampire. Oh, vampires! Yeah. Oh. I honestly can't think of any good ones or any at all. Yeah. Um, I'm actually looking at my, my DVD rack right now. Yeah. Um, there's a show, actually, a TV show. I don't think it's on anymore. I don't know if you know about it. It's called Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. I've heard of it. I haven't checked heard it out. Of it. That. Yeah. It's basically, it's a supernatural. It's kind of like, you know, like Joss Whedon's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. A lot more humorous and ridiculous. Every episode, you know, Todd, this high school punk teenager, would, like, battle a random villain of, of supernatural origins. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was cute. It was funny. And I think they did have a, va- a vampire in there. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Chris? Any other... No, uh, just uh, we just saw Buffy and we saw uh, Once Bitten. And, okay. And... Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen those since I was a kid myself, and yes. <laughs> um, I, I had two different reactions. I I loved, um, well, once been I've seen again and again, but only in bits and pieces, like when it came on television, or if it was just playing, I would just uh, get a piece of it, but once bitten, um, I really liked uh, watching it again, like I was laughing out loud, and it's amazing how much stuff goes over your head when you were a kid. Yeah, and like you, you hear it now as an adult, and you're like, "Oh wow, like that's that's really inappropriate for a kid." <laughs> like, did you see it recently? Uh, honestly, I I think it's been maybe a couple of years, yeah. maybe three years. Yeah, there's um there's yeah. a beginning scene when he take uh, Jim Carrey's character takes his girlfriend to uh, like this this abandoned parking area to mm-hmm. you know to to make out and have sex and. There's a scene where, you know, he's not getting lucky, so he goes out of the car, and you see all these cars shaking, 
Uh-huh. And like he like he was just in his own hell, and that like stuff like that just went over my head as a kid. Without <laughs> seeing that, I'm like, a it's hysterical, but b I'm like, you can't, you can't, you will never get this type of movie nowadays. Like something, I, I, what was it rated? Oh, um, like it it, it it's PG-13. just PG thirteen. Like even mm. in today's standards, it might not even fall under PG thirteen, uh, just because there was there was so much talk about sex and. And losing virginity and all that stuff, where it was like, wow, it's like it's it's something that would not appeal to a, a broad audience, you know. Yeah. But it was very eight too, very very eighties. But it didn't feel as outdated as Buffy. Mm. I found, even though Buffy is a later movie, it's uh, nineteen ninety two. Like yeah. that to me did scream nineties, and it it did feel like I was in the nineties, whereas. Whereas Once Bitten to me felt like, yeah, it it looks like the eighties, but I could totally see this happen. Well, if, if it were to happen, I could see it happening today. Didn't you get that feeling? No, I, I, you felt I, like I felt it was the reverse. Actually, you really? I even made comments um, when um, uh, um, uh, Jim Carrey, what's his name? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yeah. Um, goes into the Countess um, house, and I thought, well, oh, look yeah, at the, you yeah. know, her house, it's very yeah. 80s-like. Everything's it's very, like, almost uh, like Tim Burton-ish. Exactly. That's right. So I, I felt the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, um, but Buffy just, it just really felt 90s to me, which is, which was funny, but funny in a bad way for me. Um, yeah. But, like, once Ben, um, there, there were just some cash lines that I kind of brought back. You know, like, um, what was it? Uh, I don't want to be a vampire. I'm a day person. You know? <laughs> so like, uh-huh. like, or like when like they're fighting off the vampires, he's like, he slaps him, like slaps his buddy on the shoulder and he says, I'll see you in school on Monday. Like, he, just, <laughs> he just runs off. Um, but what, what struck me as kind of interesting was, um, Jim Carrey. Uh, this was really before he became... The, the A-list or the, or the star that he is today. And it, it, fe- it didn't feel like a Jim Carrey movie, probably because of that yeah. reason, because it was so early on, on in his career. But you definitely got the sense that he was going to, he was destined for bigger things. You know, like it, it definitely showcased his talents. You know, like he definitely had a lot of physical comedy. Um, like he was playing air guitar with his leg, you know, which that that scene that dancing scene in the gymnasium always stuck to me. Like, it, it always, like, I always remember that. So, like, it, it kind of just showed that he was going to be bigger than he was at that point. But didn't have that, like, nowadays when he comes out with a movie, it's like, it's like he is the, the main attraction. It's mm-hmm. his movie. Whereas right. this, like, it, it just didn't have that feeling, which was interesting, mm-hmm. you know. It's interesting, yeah. Agreed. He, I mean, yeah, he didn't have the, the physical stuff, but it wasn't really highlighted as it is with with the movie that he would make ten years later. Yeah, yeah. But um, you could definitely see it in his eyes that, right. and just see it from his general his general presence that this guy is going to make it big. Right. And lo and behold, he did, and yeah. he's he's still kicking ass. He is. He's still he's still good. I think uh, I'm. I've always been a, a fan of Jim Carrey. I I still think he's uh, underrated. And kind of pigeonholed. I think people think he's too zany, despite yeah. having made um, the Truman Show and a Spotless Mind. Right. Um, 
I, I feel like even though they they do have a following and and people love Jim Carrey for that, I feel like it's almost forgotten that he is actually in those roles. You know, it's almost forgotten that that's Jim Carrey, this zany comedian doing that. You know, he just needs a better agent. He needs to. <laughs> He needs a project yeah. that, like, you know, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for another one of those type of movies. Yeah, uh, he did a movie a, a number of years ago. I, I didn't see it, but it, it, it intrigued me nonetheless. Uh, I think it was called The Number Twenty Three. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. Um, it's, it's a, he's like uh, obsessed with this number. He's trying to figure out what it means in life, in you know, in religion and. Right. He goes to a, a really dark place, and you know the trailers made it looks like oh such a an anti Jim Carrey movie. Right. It was it was really intriguing actually. Yeah, yeah. I like the fact that he, he does those type of things once in a while where he goes mm-hmm. outside of his element. I yeah. think I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he does have a, a, an infatuation with the number twenty three, and that kind of <laughs> drew him to the role. I think he was some sort of uh, producer with it, but, um, mm. yeah, it's just, it's, inter- it's interesting. Like he does, he does have the capabilities of, of he's being random. random. He is random. He is random. Although I think in, in, in recent years, he's kind of being mm. a little bit one noted with yeah. his, uh, with his choices. Did like, you see the one where he plays a magician with, uh, Steve Carell? No, no. I heard, you're, you're not missing much. Yeah. I heard, I heard bad things. So, yeah. I, you know, disappointing. yeah. There was a time where I took pride in in the fact that I saw every Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> like I, I like I could rattle off like in order his filmography, but then uh, after a while I kind of kind of just veered off a little bit. But I, I think for me it was when he did the Cable Guy that I kind of lost interest. Really? Well, because oh. up until that point he was like the Mask and Ace Ventura. Right. He was the zany comedic actor. Yeah. And then he, I mean, I, then again, look, I was like nine or ten. Right. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, he's doing this, something slightly different. I'm really not into this anymore. Yeah. But um, then, you know, he came out with The Truman Show in 90, I think it was 98. Yeah. And surprised everybody. Yeah. Um, Man, Man on the Moon was a year later, which yeah. was awesome. And I think that's a, a very underrated movie, actually. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? I, I agree. I agree. I think it's... Uh, I think it does have its following, and mm. I, th- I think when when people think of the other side of Jim Carrey, the non-Zany side, people put that on their list. Yeah. But, yeah, it's one of those things where people just, in general, will just forget about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but, uh, but, yeah, I agree. I'm, 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 I'm still waiting for his next uh, Truman Show or his next um, yeah. Spotless Mind. Yeah. He just needs a good, a good script and a good director, and that's it. Yeah. What's his next one? We have his IMDb up. His next movie is The Bad Batch. The Bad Batch. A um, story in Texas Wasteland, and it's set in a community of cannibals. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. The um, director, her name is familiar. What did I s- A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. She wrote it, and I think okay. she directed it. That's a, that's a new indie, right? It's, oh, yeah, actually, it's a vampire movie, coincidentally <laughs> enough. <laughs> oh, and Keanu Reeves isn't it? What? No. What? Oh, you're talking about The Bad Batch. The Bad Batch, yeah. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm talking about um, yeah. a girl. A girl walks home alone at night. night. Yeah. It's um. Uh huh. Yeah. Did you see that one? No, no, but I heard great things. I heard great things. Yeah, it's uh, it's I think it's from Iran actually, and it's a it's a vampire movie. Huh. It's very strange. It's shot in black and white. Okay. And very rare these days, but it I think it contributed to the creepiness of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's about this girl vampire who. She, I think she just moves into this small town, suburban town, and starts stalking random, uh, random people. Huh. Um, yeah. Like, kind uh, of like a, she's like a vigilante, actually. Yeah. It's kind of, it it's, al- it's almost like let me in or, or let the right one in. Just, just not, mm. just having the girl, uh, character be a little bit darker and, yeah. and malicious. Yeah, I actually didn't see those. You want to continue this another day? Yeah, I think that would be best, because we got a lot to cover. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. How about if I do, like, a part one, and then we'll uh-huh. come back, and uh, I'll post a part two. Sure. That sounds good. Okay, sounds good. All right, thanks a lot, Randall. All right, thanks, guys. Sorry, I'll talk uh, to you later, okay? All right, sounds good. All right. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Don't ever talk with your eyes. Sure that you compromise. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead and out of this world. Hear the unloved weeping like rain. Guard your sleep from the sound of their pain. Long gone, long gone, long gone, long gone and out of this world. When you smile and it tears your face, it's time for the inhuman race. You're down, you're down, you're down, you're down and out of this world. Now your hope and compassion is gone, you sold out your dream to the world. Stay dead, stay dead, stay dead, you're dead and out of this world.